0: Hello and welcome to the Grind Hours podcast. The podcast you are about to hear is a podcast going over the ALDS between the Yankees and the Cleveland Guardians, and a slight preview of the ALCS between the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees. I'm not going to waste any time. Kick back, relax, and enjoy this one. This should be played at high volume.
1: You're listening. I'm
0: not us. Awesome.
1: Grind Hours Podcast.
0: You can either have the money and the hammer, or you can walk out of here. You can't have both. Joining me now, my former WICR radio partner, fellow Bostonian fan, even though he went to Yankee Guardians Game 5, my good friend Chris Lynch, Chris how are you doing today as a
1: baseball fan versus how are you doing today as a Boston Red Sox fan? Well, the Red Sox fan in me has long accepted that my team wasn't very good this year, and I also don't have a lot of faith in Kane Bloom to, uh, you know, not completely butcher this uh, this offseason, I must really? say. But perhaps I'm a little overly cynical, and I admit that, because in the time that, like, Kane Bloom was the guy who traded Mookie Betts. Like he walked into a bad situation where the prior administration had already fouled that relationship, but Kane was still the guy who pulled the trigger on that trade. And despite getting Alex Verdugo back, still trade uh, because you paid Mookie Betts. Uh, I don't have a ton of faith in my own team, but that's besides the point. For uh, for my experience, um, uh, for as a baseball fan, I gotta say I think that we're in for some entertaining baseball over the next couple of days. I mean, I actually think Game One of the NLCS last night was a really entertainingly yep. well pitched and really fun baseball game, and. The Cape leaguer in me, I make note all the time about how I was on uh, Cape with a team that had Aaron Judge and Jeff McNeil that finished in last place in our division, by the way. Yeah, our team, our Whitecaps team, I'm wearing Whitecaps hat right now, our team that had McNeil and Judge in the lineup finished last place in the whole league because we had no pitching. And actually, the MVP of the league in that season, the 2012 year, was Kyle Schwarber of the Cape League champion Wareham Gate men who oh God, uh, hit oh the, hit the oh yeah that's the caliber of league that we have to work with who hit the longest home run in the history of Petco Park last night I didn't see oh, that yeah, he live. Crushed I didn't, that thing. I didn't sorry see it live.
0: To, Sorry to season opening basketball sorry Celtics 76ers sorry Carl I wasn't I didn't watch a single second of either of the two basketball games, I will go back and, and watch some of the games and definitely watch the highlights, but I didn't watch a single second of the basketball. Mm-hmm. I was tuned in to obviously um, while I was at work, the Yankees guardians and the tail end of that after I got off of work. And then obviously uh, the NLCS of like, we all thought in April
1: Padres Billy. <laughs> Baseball's dumb. Why do we like this sport again? <laughs> because it's a marathon followed by this by a sprint. And, That's true. I just know, find it interesting how the NLCS is the two lowest wild cards, and the AL is the two highest division winners. Right, won the top two ex-
0: seeds and the lowest mm-hmm. two seeds in either in yeah. either uh, div- in uh, either uh, league. But you know, as a Boston fan as a a baseball fan you texted me something yesterday about Yankee fans and I have been one of the fans that have held the fan base in not the lowest regard because I do think that there are a lot of good fans in the fan base but the vocal minority that are just pieces of trash that want to do things just to make noise and rile up and use the Yankees as the vehicle to get behind that. I don't, I don't support that. Now, what happened to you? I will, t- you know, take me through that experience. But I think it is more common than uh, one might think.
1: Okay, so let me back up a little bit to uh, how I ended up at this game in the first place. Because uh, it was a little surprising. Uh, I was at my job at the Danbury Arena wearing a tricks jersey. Our opening day is this Friday. So I'm, you know, just doing my job. And I get a text from your friend and mine from Iona, Sam May. And uh, he says, hey, uh, I've I've got standing room tickets to the Yankee game. Do you want to go? I said, I got that text while I was talking with my boss. And... (laughs) uh i kind of muttered under my breath like damn it sam and he and my boss goes oh, hey what's up and he goes, and yeah, my buddy's got yankee tickets i don't know if i can go and my boss said no you're going to that game and so i just thought oh i actually like my boss that's nice thanks oh. so-, <laughs> so i drive down to the bronx Get there in time. I found off street parking two blocks away from the stadium that I didn't have to pay for in the South Bronx.
0: You don't know. Hold on. You've hit the lottery there. I'm sorry. You are the lo- you hit the Powerball. Forget the four hundred million dollars. That's more yeah. unlikely
1: than hitting the Powerball, dude. I know. I uh I am good at finding these sorts of things. Anyway, so. Uh, so, uh, the, for the most part, I actually really enjoyed the game. We, um, we found a standing room section. Um, you know how at Yankee stadium, there are, uh, those, uh, those like supplemental video boards in the outfield corners yes. on the second row. Yep. You can stand right in front of those. And like, that's perfectly good standing room section. And early on in the game, people just didn't. Know about it or care and The other odd thing about this game was It was not full At all at first pitch It no, was
0: And they were talking about that uh, You know, On the K show, I was working the K show yesterday And both Don and Peter were like Well that's because people are at work They're getting a half day of work in And they're traveling to the game We had a guy call up He was on 155th street Trying to go to the game It said it was taking him 40 minutes to go from 155th to 161st so sounds right and both and michael said you know i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you this you don't have to take this advice but leave the car and walk it'll be there when you get back
1: yeah the cops aren't going to be enforcing such trivial things as parking laws when uh or or uh, parking ordinances when the yankees have a chance to win a postseason series that's that's just frivolous at that point. But no, Um, it, so like, right at first pitch, I'd say the stadium was like three-fourths-ish kind of full. And it was noticeable, but the people who were there, they were very loud. They were very into it. And the Giancarlo Stanton home run is one of the loudest buildings I've ever heard. Um, like me— Meaningfully. I've heard two times that I can think of immediately where I've been in the building where it's been louder. I went to in 2017 when Paul Pierce was playing his last year with the Clippers. The Clippers came back and played in Boston. And so I went to that game and Pierce got reinserted in the game late and hit a three-pointer as time was expiring. And we went berserk. (laughs) Uh, Because we got to see our guy do one more really cool thing for the last time. Because we knew that was going to be the last time he was ever going to play in that building and Pierce was an icon. That's one. The other one in 2016, I went to game three of the American League Division Series at Fenway, which ended up being the last game that David Ortiz ever played. Yeah. And... I got it, and actually, the the moment that got the loudest pop, it wasn't actually Ortiz going back onto the field because like, there was just a whole bunch of respect and, frankly, sadness because we were never going to see Big Poppy play again. Right. Uh, it was pretty loud for that, but it was more like respectful, almost almost like awake, wake. Actually, uh, it was um, the moment that got the loudest pop. This will sound strange to you. It was in the eighth inning when Hanley Ramirez got a base hit that cut the lead down. And we thought that we were going to be in great shape and we're going to roll that momentum into tying up the game. And the place went berserk. It was incredible. The Stanton home run is the moment in the game that really caught it. And I truly believe that the Stanton homer is where the Yankees uh, won that game. They knocked out Cleveland's starter one like I think it was, I think he got one or two outs in the first inning, just He got one out. He, he went a third inning, out. and I I told
0: everybody that I was working with yesterday. I told my dad after the game. I said the moment that the Yankees won this game was when Tito Francona, who I have a ton of respect for, he is going to the Hall of Fame. He is yes. one of the best managers this game has ever seen. When yes. he announced Aaron Savali as the game five starter. I knew it was a wrap. I knew yep. we were going to pound him. I knew that there was no chance in hell we were losing that game, because not just because of the history that Savali has against the Yankees or the season against mm-hmm. the Yankees. Yeah. It, they don't fear Aaron Savali. They fear Shane Bieber. And when they saw Shane Bieber was not pitching, they took a deep breath and said, okay, we're going to go to work on this guy, and we're going to get him out quick, and we're going to win this series. And that's exactly what happened. So the stay-at-home run was just confirmation for me. It was, yeah. it was vindication, Holmes, that the Yankees were going to win that, that game and move on to the ALCS. Yeah. And for me, as a Yankee fan, when the series turned, and this might sound odd, but it was the Josh Naylor
1: rocking the baby against Garrett Cole. You know, I believe that. I I absolutely believe that. Like when the Yankees got the last out and um, uh, Labor Torres, I think it was, caught yep. the last out and tagged the base and just immediately yep. rocked the baby. Uh, I lean over to Sam and I just go, yo. He, and Sam hadn't seen it and hadn't realized it. I did. Right. I leaned over to Sam and I just go, Yo. Torres just rocked, baby, and there was the that moment in the in Sam's eyes where he realized, oh, oh where the eyes just lit up and right. he went.
0: Oh. So
1: the that was just unnecessary. Like that was an talk, yeah, unnecessary thing by later. Naylor because I talked about
0: yep. this last night. I like Naylor as a player. I've watched a ton of Cleveland Guardian baseball this year. He is that's who he is. He is an emotional guy. He. Yeah. Every time he hits a big home run, whether it's in the regular season or postseason, it's like he hit the game-winning home run in Game 7 of the World Series. He did this against Chicago in Chicago in, like, May to give Cleveland the lead, and it gave them the lead in, in, in in the top of the ninth inning. So his antics were a little bit vindicated. But this one, I think the moment got too big for him. I don't have a problem if this celebration is for a game winning home run if he walked it off. And he acted like that? Fine. Yeah. To borrow a line from Gary Sanchez, you could tear my pants off. I will do cartwheels around the bases if I hit a game winning home run, a walk off in the playoffs. I would go nuts. So I understand that, but it's not a game winning home run. It is not a, a home run to even tie the game. You're still down one, and you pissed off Cole. Cole doesn't usually get pissed off in a good way. Mm -hmm. When he gets pissed off, he gets erratic, and he doesn't execute. Yeah. Him seeing Naylor trance trance around the bases, rocking the baby, he went, okay, you're going to do that. I'm going to shut you down. You're not going to get anything else off of me, and we're going to win this game. And that is exactly what happened. And you don't think athletes read the press clippings? Well, there's a reason you. why Glaber rocked the baby as soon as he caught the final out. He says, yeah. you're not, that's a statement that of, you're not going to do that to us because we're better than you. And we know that we're better than you. And until you beat us, then you can celebrate. Act like you've been there before. <laughs> Completely unrelated, but that's what the reason why I didn't like Sauce Gardner wearing the cheese head after they beat the Packers. -hmm. Act like you've been there before. Once you win, again, you can you can go naked. You can be in the full nude if you want when when you celebrate. I don't care. You could do just wild things and celebrate like you like like no tomorrow because you actually won. But until you win, show emotion, fine. I'm not saying you you can't do that, but. Going over the top and letting the moment get too big big for you, it's not only a bad look, it's, you know, the kiss of death, karma-wise. And I think that's True. what happened with Cleveland. I think this is just another thing to add to the curses for Cleveland's drought for not
1: winning the World Series since 47. 48. Or 48, sorry. Yeah, no worries. Um, that's pretty fair. Uh, yeah, that was... It's just an unforced error. Like you don't have to pull that celebration against right. that opponent. Like, <clears throat> you don't, you, you can't give your opponent fodder. Like, you can't mm-hmm. just give your opponent reason for that. Uh, so this leads into the, and I must say, I, the majority of the, there were a couple of Yankee fans who tried to, like, high-five me in celebration thinking that I was a Yankee fan. When, uh, no. (laughs) And uh, I had to explain, I'm sorry, man, I can't celebrate. And they were confused, like, wait a minute, what team are you a fan of? I said, well, I'm not from Cleveland, so I'm not a Cleveland fan. They went, wait, you're not a Mets fan, are you? And I said, nope. No, no, don't tell me you're a Red Sox fan. I said, yes, I am. And then one of them went, oh, you're in the wrong stadium. I said, well, I am the closest that my team is going to get to a playoff spot. So, <laughs> uh, so like, most of my interactions with Yankee fans were in that sort of, uh, were in that sort of. We were pretty chill about it, and they were just like, "Hey, we're happy that you came and that you're buying our overpriced food and beer." And I went, "It is very overexpensive, which oh, yeah, leads thanks. to which leads to the end of game reaction, just really annoying me. So. Uh, Torres gets the last out, tags the base. I am sitting in the second deck in the right field corner of Yankee Stadium where I realized, oh, there are a bunch of the stereotypical insane Yankee fans here. Like, a bunch of them. <laughs> so, apparently, and I didn't know that like this was a thing, a bunch of Yankee fans, like the stereotypical ones, kind of celebrate by... Hurling their beer or throwing stuff towards the field, which just why would you spend that much money on alcohol at Yankee Stadium to not consume it? Was my first thought after. um, So we were standing right against that video wall, like right behind us, and there's people like right over top of us, and one person like just threw it and a big old bunch of like overpriced yankee stadium beer direct hit right on top of my cranium while i wasn't expecting it and then splashed down over around me and then a second splash got sam as well like direct hit on him as well and also i had to drive back all the way to connecticut which is a 2 hour drive so i drove the whole way back smelling like overly expensive yankee stadium beer and i'm like wow this is really this is really not endearing uh yankees fan bases to me somebody who is not exactly predisposed to liking the new york yankees for well i think you can figure that one out so let me let me let me break this down for you real quick yeah
0: at least it wasn't a piece of pizza like some of your fans chuck
1: Okay, the one time that that actually got caught and produced the funniest broadcast bit and the stupidest moment. Like, yeah, it's a bunch of them. Yes, true. Uh, that at one least it pizza wasn't a piece was of pizza. One time in 2007. At least it wasn't a piece of pizza. That's Secondly,
0: fair. I, this is more common. If you look at any of the... And, I, and the reason why I say that is because if you look at video... Of the upper deck in the nineties, when a yeah. big moment would happen, when a big oh, yeah, that was, that when a big much. win was clinched, you would see popcorn and beer just be flung up in the air with no care in the world. So now some of them um might be doing it with malicious intent just because they're they're drunk New Yorkers, and when yeah. people get drunk, they do stupid things. So some of them Mm -hmm. could just be like, I don't want this anymore and just chuck it. And in terms of celebration, others could have just lost it in, you know, a momentary, you know, I'm going to celebrate. I don't care what I'm doing. Oh, right. I had a beer. No, like there. And I'm sure that there are people that, you know, lost their beers, not, you know, involuntarily. Yeah. But, um. Just drop them, but that the the beer showers m- among fans are it, it's definitely normal in the postseason for that to happen. It stinks mm-hmm. that uh that you got clocked in the in the head, not knowing that. But <laughs> if you go to a Yankee playoff game in Yankee Stadium again, just be
1: that's not impossible. In fact, no, it's, it's very not, possible it's that, not that not could happen.
0: Uncommon for that to happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, like it just. Fiscally doesn't make much sense. No,
0: not not before it was a little overpriced in the nineties. Now it is. What is it? I think it's like eighteen dollars for for a for a Budweiser.
1: Six. Uh, I uh, it was sixteen for a Stella, which like oh, so it's okay. Still, which it's like that's bucks. that's still like I could get a Stella at another spot for like, for like ten. So. That is overpriced for that particular beer. But like also that was at like one of the not one of the primary concession stands. Like that was at like a uh, at one of the push cart stands. Like right. one of the Even beer still, specific the same ones. Price,
0: it's the same price if you go to the pushcart stand as it is at one of like the beer coolers downstairs, which I'm not gonna give away my favorite beer spot because I don't want people ruining.
1: <laughs> we'll talk I'll give air. you
0: some secrets off air. I I will give you some secrets. Some Yankee Stadium secrets off air. Appreciate it. SeatGeek is the number one ticket app for buying and selling tickets. Sports fans, music fans, comedy fans, theater fans, fans of tickets. Use my code GRINDHOUR to get into the building to get yourself a seat. Again, that's code GRINDHOUR at checkout for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek.com or the SeatGeek app one more time. Code grind hour that's G R I N D H O U R at checkout. Feed Hudson Valley is a regional food rescue and harvesting network in the Hudson Valley operating through Dutchess, Orange, Ulster, Columbia, Green, Putnam, and Sullivan counties. It links donors of prepared but unserved food and fresh produce with nonprofits and food assistant programs through an app assisted network of food donors volunteers and feeding agencies feed hudson valley facilitates the harvesting processing and distribution of locally grown or produced agricultural products self-stable food donations and prepared nutritious foods the app used is called chow match and it is easy for volunteers to download and use among the donors are restaurants farms food makers stores Hospitals and universities. The food assistant programs include food pantries, soup kitchens, and shelters. Volunteers are matched through the Chow Match app when a donation is available. They can indicate that they are available to make a run and then pick it up for a donor and deliver it to the agency. The Feed Hudson Valley Network currently includes over 300 volunteers, 130 donors, and 95 receiving agencies. Last year, on average, Feed Hudson Valley rescued and redirected over 12,000 pounds of food each month. Feed Hudson Valley could use more donors and volunteers. To learn more and sign up, visit feedhv.org. Again, that's feedhv.org. One more time spelled out F E E D H V.org. Now back to the podcast. Of the of the uh, program where we preview the ALCS because I am I as excited dream. as I've been in a very very long time. This series has not only restored my faith in this team but it's made me a believer. Um, I think you know this ALCS in a lot of ways is the World Series. No disrespect to the Padres or the Phillies, but either of these two teams in the Yankees and the Astros are better. And it's not even close. I don't think it's even remotely close Mm -hmm. to, and that's not to say that the world series won't be competitive or won't be fun to watch or won't be, you know, won't go six games. Mm -hmm. It probably will because that's just the competition level of baseball right now. But the, the baseball that you're going to see in the ALCS, not only is it going to be dramatic because the two teams, they don't like each other and they don't like each other for a lot of reasons. And it's going to play itself out. Yeah, The tension will be high. I don't know if it's going to be 2003, 2004 Yankees, Red Sox high, but it's going to be damn close.
1: Uh, I don't think it's, I don't think that's quite there because that wasn't like, this Houston Yankee thing has popped up in the last 5 years. Like this is very very new. The Red Sox Yankee beef is ancient and will forever be there. So, like just to be a little bit fair about like just all the historical context on that one. But as far as the as far as the actually one other kind of humorous thing, um in the 7th inning of last night's game, there were a bunch of Yankee fans who started chanting we want Houston. And Sam and a bunch of other people were like, no, shut the hell up. Don't say anything. There's still baseball to play. Right, we also, still haven't Frank- finished.
0: Well, that there was a caller yeah. that called up the case show saying, you know, would you send Tyone to Houston to get him a little extra? I was like, we haven't even played the game yet. What if we lose?
1: Yeah. yeah. So, uh, uh, so, yeah, Tyone and Verlander let me be frank about one thing houston has a decided advantage in one particular uh asset the scheduling is not their enemy and like they're going to be going into the series like yeah they played an an absurdly long last game of their series against seattle but they've had time since they can set up their pitching rotation exactly how they want and one thing that I all I looked back on Verlander's numbers from the 17 ALCS, the cursed series, which Yankee fans are understandably pissed about. Ver cheating or not, Verlander was amazing yeah. against the Yankees Verlander, in that series.
0: There was two. There was really um, three guys we couldn't hit that series, and it was Verlander, Charlie Morton, and Joe Musgrove. Yep, those three guys uh, were unworldly in that series, and I don't want. You know, whether it was sticky stuff or, you know, they they were actually cheating too with the, you know, like cutting the ball, like, you know, in that sort of way, whatever. They were unhittable. And there's really – I know this team. I've hate-watched the Astros a lot in the past couple Mm -hmm. of years. I I hate watch them every single time that they make the World Series and my team isn't in it. And I root like hell. I root like hell for Washington – even though Morgan hated that. And i rooted root like hell for uh, Atlanta, even though Morgan hated that, because I didn't <laughs> want the Astros to win. And i root yeah. like hell for the Dodgers in, in, um, in 2017. So I don't want this team to win. And I'm sure. very aware of who the, the guys are. The mm-hmm. team has changed, but it hasn't changed that much. It's still the same faces as it was the past two times that we've played them. And... Hey, no Springer or,
1: no, no Springer, Springer or Correa, no
0: Springer or Correa, but that's different. That's different. But Public Enemy Number One and Jose Altuve is still yeah, there. There were a
1: bunch. Yeah, there were a bunch of F Altuve chants. Yep. I'm not going to say the actual swear word, but uh, yeah, but there were a bunch of those, like a lot of those. Bregman is
0: still there. Yep. There's there, even though Verlander is probably the best player that Houston. Elf, Jordan Alvarez has something to say about that, but um. Mm.
1: Verlander is, is certainly their best. Verlander certainly their best pitcher.
0: Verlander scares me. Yep. And there's there there is some beef with Yankee fans about you know Cashman not going out and getting him in that seventeen playoffs to, in, instead of instead of um him they got Sonny Gray mm. and not signing him this offseason and letting him go back to Houston. So there is some beef for the Yankee fans
1: mm. for that. But they're I also feel like terrified that- of him. I feel like that beef is more with Cashman for not like doing his job properly,
0: but they no, they want Verlander. Every Yankee yeah. fan wants Verlander. But oh no, I understand that, that part. Your beef is more that in that he's case. Not in a Yankee uniform is yeah. why they hate him.
1: That's fair. Yeah.
0: Everyone else, you know, on the pitching side, yeah, they're good, but I don't think, based on the way that the pitching matchups are going to go, and who knows about Montes? Who knows about um about Lemayhu? And Benintendi doesn't look like it's gonna—he's gonna make the roster, but Marinaccio does, and that's a big up for the bullpen as well. So that's right. We don't know about that. The uh, roster should be coming out sometime soon here, as we're recording this at eight forty in the morning on uh, Wednesday, October nineteenth. But Mm -hmm. I am very excited for this series. I am fueled on anger and rage, but also like the baseball fan in me understands that this is probably the best series that we're going to get in this playoffs.
1: It's probably so. Yeah, that's probably I mean, like I actually think this Philly Padres series is going to be pretty good. Uh, I really do think that like, there's more, if you will, high end talent in the the NLCS than I think is being given credit for just off of how well, the Padres and Phillies adjusted to their situations, but uh, but you're probably right that this Astro-Yankee series is like these are the two best teams in the American League based off of record. These are two teams who have been here for a while, and in an earlier life, I would have expected the Yankees to have been the team who made all these World Series and like been competing all these times like deeper than Houston. And instead, no, Houston has been the better franchise or at least has been the more successful franchise yes. over this last stretch of time. So uh, my thought about a, like, who, as far as like, who I would take to win this series, you're just going to go cheer for the national league. Cause I don't want either of these teams to win. Uh, so <laughs> I respect that. But as far as who I actually think will win, honestly, Houston, because, the Yankee fan base, and this is one other thing that I noticed during the in the course of the game, they don't trust the back end of the bullpen, at least the ones that uh, who I was in the stands with. Also, um, odd decision to pull Nestor Cortez as early as uh, as they did, but that works out. Like he'll have more pitches to throw in the ALCS. Yeah, uh, just get him up for Game Three. Like you give the ball to Cole whenever he's ready to go and you just let him pitch the whole game like you you seriously have to look at Garrett Cole and say you're throwing eight or like you're throwing seven or eight for whenever you're on the mound and if you throw any less like, if Garrett Cole does not throw 7 or 8 innings whenever he sees the mound the Yankees will lose the series
0: yeah i agree with that and he's part of the reason why i think this team is going to actually dethrone the Astros this year and make the world series because there's, there's still a revenge factor that the Yankees haven't come clean on with this team. They're, they stole the World Series away from them in, in, in 17. If, if they're not cheating, that series is completely different, and the Astros in that series did not win a game in Yankee Stadium. They didn't win a game. The home team won every single game. And if they're not cheating, I guarantee you, they don't beat Sabathia one of those two times they face him. They, it just doesn't happen. In 19, there's something in the air that, you know, they still could have been cheating. Who knows? Because they weren't caught yet. And if they're they're not caught yet, if they're cheating in 17, why wouldn't they be cheating in 19? So there's something up in the air about that. The coal factor of him wanting to beat the team that he left to come here is a factor. And the Yankee fan base, Will they will open up the skies and let the hatred of a thousand suns down on this Astros team? I'll Alt- They the Astros might think they are ready for what's about to what they're about to endure when they come to Yankee Stadium in Game Three. They are not prepared. They 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 will get booed like the 0-4 Red
1: Sox. They will close to it at least. Like my only. Here's my only thought about uh, about the about the matchup between these two is that like Houston has something to prove as well. Like they want to win a title without the stain of cheating.
0: No, I, and I understand that, but I don't think that that in this series, I don't think that that motivation is as much of a motivator as judging a contract here, saying I've proved everybody, I've proved everybody wrong. People don't think I can do it in the playoffs. I'm going to go out and just take over this series. Stanton, same thing. I'm going to – people still don't think I'm a good postseason player, even though I've been the most po- consistent postseason player in the last decade of anybody. Forget mm-hmm. team. <clears throat> Stanton's the guy. So people still don't think he's a good postseason player. He can. He's going to want to prove it. Cole's going to want to prove it. Severino's going to want to prove it. There are guys that are still not over this. I believe yeah. that. And Boone's message, I think, yesterday was wow, go cool. beat you know the you-know-what out of this Houston team. Let's celebrate, um, maybe even on their field, to rub it in their face and let's go win a title. Because this Cleveland series, I think, is a launch pad for just what they... Said at the beginning of the year, opening day, no more excuses. Let's go get it done. And I I think that's what's been the motivator for this team all season. And whatever mojo that they had in the first half, I think it's not all the way back, but they're tapping back into that.
1: They'll find out. I mean, like all of the momentum is still dependent on your next day's starting pitcher. Yeah. So Tile needs to bring it. And you know that Verlander is going to bring it. Yeah. So I actually think like we could, I see game one going one of a couple ways. I actually wouldn't be surprised if Houston wins game one. Like, I think this will be, a I, wouldn't long be I wouldn't be surprised if Houston wins game one, just because like right after a real emotional game against Cleveland, the Yankees had to hop on a flight that night, like basically right after the game was done and go to Houston so they could like be in there and play this game. One tonight, Houston rested and unbothered. And like the, the last game of their series against Seattle, which was a great game when absurdly long time, but they've had a couple of days to just chill and let, uh, let their guys get back into a proper rhythm and also get back home from the Pacific Northwest. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Astros do well game one. I wouldn't be frankly surprised if the Astros do well in game two of the series. I think it probably turns when the series goes to the Bronx, but my gut says that until I see otherwise, I think that Houston is a better team than the Yankees are, but Man, I don't know. Like, I really don't know exactly what to expect out of this ALCS, other than good, high quality baseball, and that's fine enough for me. As I go and promptly cheer for the National League teams.
0: Chris, tell the people what you got going on, where they can
1: find you all that stuff. We are opening up our season with the Danbury Hat Tricks, the pro team in the Federal Prospects Hockey League, whose jersey I'm wearing right now. Our season opens against the Delaware Thunder on. Uh, Friday at 7.30 and Saturday at 7.00. We stream all of our games onto our YouTube channel. And actually, my color comment, uh, commentator is a guy named Jim Cerny who used to do the uh, 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 some of the broadcasting work for the New York Islanders and also has done some work with the Rangers and manages NHL.com. So I'm getting to work with some really cool people in my Operation. But go to Danbury Hat Tricks on YouTube uh, at uh, game time. You can hear me. Uh, I am doing the play by play for that game along with other assorted media responsibilities like uh, getting rosters to all the people who will be covering our games and like facilitating press conferences with players post game and all different sorts of things like that while also having to announce the godforsaken hockey game as well so uh it's like i'm an sid with with uh, the tagline for that job is other duties as assigned translation you're doing a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. and you're not going to bed until 3 a.m have fun everybody so yeah uh, yeah, so we'll do that. We've got our junior game on uh, on Sunday as well. So I have three games in three days, which I haven't done in a little bit, so that should be interesting. And then actually next week after this one is going to be even worse because I will be doing uh, five hockey games in the space of three days. So that's uh, yeah, that's that's going to be fun. Like we'll have junior game, pro game on one day. Junior game, pro game, the next day, and junior game on Sunday. Chris, you are crazy for
0: this. Make sure that yes. you uh, drink a, a lot of tea with, with honey and uh, take care of those vocal cords. Uh, the airwaves needs them, all right? <laughs> That's greatly appreciated, my man. Take care. I'll talk to you throughout the week and uh, be easy, all right?
1: I'll try and likely fail happy
0: and easy. On this side of the coin, I'm to take J. Leo on Twitter, j.sports.blogspot.com, and of course, this podcast. Please like, subscribe, share this podcast with anybody who you seem fit. If you're new to the show, please download the show. It means more to the show than you know. If you're on iTunes, please give us a review. Huge thanks to Seakeek and Feet Hudson Valley for sponsoring today's episode. A lot of stuff going on. Yankees, Astros tonight, Knicks and Nets open their season tonight. I will be working the Knicks game for 98.7 ESPN, so go over their 98.7 ESPN all over the country uh, on the ESPN New York app and the TuneIn app and just support the Knicks, you know. I know it's opening day for the Nets as well, but <clears throat> support this podcast, support uh, ESPN, and tune into some some nice Knicks basketball. It's going to be a good year for both uh, New York basketball teams. In terms of this podcast, there will be one more this week. Hell, maybe two. I don't know. I don't know what's going to go on for the rest of the week, but there's definitely going to be one more with Jack. Jack is back for week seven picks tomorrow. Hopefully, it's going to go up uh, on Thursday as well, before the Thursday night football game. And uh, yeah, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Peace.